Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, Dr. Ross Green here. Seems like I haven't done this program for a while, but I'm joined by Kim Hopkins-Betts, the Director of Outreach at Lies in the Balance, and Jennifer Trethway. How are you both? Very good. Doing well, thanks. Good. How were your holidays? <laughs> Busy. <laughs> But good. <laughs> seems like seems like a while since then, for sure. A lot's gone on since then, I think. But uh, yeah. very nice, thank you. And yours? <laughs> very nice. Yes, that does seem like it was a long time ago, doesn't it? <laughs> time flies. <laughs> time flies. So here we are back again on parenting your challenging child, and there's lots of emails queued up. But I'm wondering if. Either of you has anything you want to start with today before we jump straight into the emails. But, of course, callers always take priority on the program. So if you have a question or comment, now's the time. 347-994-2981 is the number, and press 1 when you get through, and we'll put you on the air with any questions or comments that you have. But anything you both want to start with today? Not me. I I think that we can just jump into questions. Let's jump right in then. And here's question number one. Uh, My seven-year-old son hits and swears when he gets mad. I did the three steps, and collaboratively we came up with him saying alternate words besides swear words, and I hate you, and he can hit a pillow or punching bag. He continues to hit and swear. I'm unsure what to do when he hits and swears. Let's help this mom out a little bit. Either of you want to give it a whirl or you want me to start? I don't mind sharing a couple things off the top of my head um, and then you guys jumping in. Uh, first of all, I'm very glad the technology is working this month so that Jennifer and I were able to join with you. That was rough last month, I think. But anyhow, um, so it sounds to me like hitting and swearing are behaviors and the model focuses on the problems that precipitate the behavior. So I would encourage this mom to work what we call a little farther upstream on what's pushing him in the water in the first place. Uh, We know what he looks like in the water with the hitting and the swimming and and maybe other things as well, but what's pushing him there in the first place? That's really the key uh, in my mind. That's my first initial thought, Um, but I don't want to be a hog, so you guys jump in. (laughs) Jennifer? Well, I I would jump in, except that what Kim has already shared was the same thing I was thinking. So, and no <laughs> need it, to it, say the same thing twice. No. <laughs> so, um, let me just be a little bit more detailed then. 
Um, this mom is already giving us the key words that we need, and that is when he gets mad. So the hitting and swearing is just the signal, just the way the kid is communicating, that there's an expectation he's having difficulty meeting. And that's when he's getting mad. But he's not hitting and swearing all the time. He's only hitting and swearing some of the time. That's when he's getting mad. That's how he's communicating that he's mad. But to stick with the language of the CPS model, that's when he's communicating that he's having difficulty meeting a particular expectation. We need a list of those expectations that this seven-year-old boy is chronically having difficulty meeting. I don't know if that's when he's expected to share toys with his sibling. I don't know if that's when he's expected to do homework. I don't know if that's when he's expected to brush his teeth before he goes to bed at night. I don't know if that's when he's expected to wake up in the morning or do the dishes or empty the dishwasher. Those are all the expectations. And as Kim said, in this model, we call those unsolved problems. And that's what you're trying to solve. So if you do the three steps of plan B on behavior, I've noticed that you hit and swear when you get mad. What's up? You're going nowhere. <laughs> Need the list of unsolved problems that are causing the hitting and swearing, and then you're going to solve each of those problems one at a time. I've noticed that it's difficult for you to brush your teeth before you go to bed at night. What's up? If you solve that problem, then not only will the problem get solved, but the hitting and swearing that has been accompanying that problem will subside. So as Kim said very succinctly, Hitting and swearing is the behavior, the signal, the way the boy is communicating, I'm stuck, but it doesn't tell us what he's stuck about. Now, here's the last point I have to make. Telling him alternative words to say won't solve the problem of difficulty brushing his teeth before he goes to bed at night, so he's still frustrated about that problem, and apparently teaching him new words to say um, isn't solving it. And in the heat of the moment, he's not able to use those new words. Having him hit a pillow or punching bag, and this is a really important point, doesn't solve the problem of him having difficulty brushing his teeth before he goes to bed. Because that problem is still unsolved, he's still frustrated, and apparently he's so frustrated that it's hard for him to find the pillow or the punching bag to hit instead of somebody what we do in the heat of the moment, swearing and hitting, is way too often the focal point of intervention. And um, I don't know, sometimes people make a dent. Maybe you can get the kid to stop saying screw you and to start saying I'm really mad at you. But the important point is he's still having difficulty brushing his teeth before he goes to bed at night. So as I always say, working on the behavior, maybe you'll make a dent in the behavior but you're not going to solve any problems that way. When you're solving problems collaboratively and proactively, you've got a two-for-one sale going. Not only are you solving the problem, you are reducing the behaviors that are signaling that there's a problem in the first place. And just one more point that I have to make. Teaching a kid to hit when he's frustrated probably isn't ideal. <laughs> Even if he's hitting something besides you, you really don't want to make a real strong link between frustration and hitting. You want to make a real strong link between frustration and problem solving. So you can always rely on me to say 
way more than is necessary. <laughs> but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, you know, I think you're hitting on many, many questions that, that we get a lot of, you know, um, a lot of people finding it hard lately, I'm hearing, to, to, to focus upstream. And, you know, like you said, there's so much advice to help give kids coping skills and what do they do once they're upset and angry. And um, been doing a lot of talking lately about pushing things further upstream and preventing the upset or the anger from occurring by solving the problems that are precipitating that. And also wording of unsolved problems, people having difficulty lately um, keeping behavior out of the unsolved problem and um, doing a lot of talking about how just the word difficulty, and that's how we often start out most unsolved problems, is meant to replace the behavior. Um, They're showing you they're having difficulty with the hitting and the swearing and the whatever else, so we can just say you're having difficulty. I can see that. Difficulty and then inserting the actual unsolved problem. If can I add one more thing? Of course. Uh, one of the things that I've heard you say, Dr. Green, when you're talking about behavior, separating behavior, is that you can't plan B the behavior because hitters hit, biters bite, and swearers swear. So it doesn't matter what the problem is. The kid's probably going to react to many problems the same way. So the reason that using plan B with that doesn't work is because if you ask a kid, I notice when you get upset, you hit, there are 8 million reasons why he could be upset, which is why you have to go back and look at what caused him to get upset. And the other thing that I hear people say is, well, we fixed this problem, but he's still hitting, he's still biting, he's still swearing. And I think that if that's a kid's go-to expression for frustration and dysregulation, then it's still going to happen in the beginning. I know we had a chair knocker over in our house. He'd get upset and he would tip over chairs. And um, in the beginning, you know, we'd solve one problem, but the 16 other problems we hadn't solved yet would still cause him to tip over chairs. But the Mm. more we went back to the model, the more problems we solved, the less chair tipping we had. And we haven't had a chair tipped in our house in probably about two years since the last chair got tipped over. So it, it can be discouraging, I think, to people when, they they go through and they feel like they solved a problem and then the behavior comes back in response to something else. But it's mm. just that that's your kid's go-to frustration expression. <laughs> so we've just stumbled upon the name of today's program, and that is we already have enough crisis management programs. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not what you do Definitely. in the heat of the moment. It's what you do outside the heat of the moment. There's only a few wonderful things to do at uh, in the heat of the moment, and that's defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. That's what you do when your kid is hitting and screaming. But the magic of this model is that it helps us solve the problems that are causing the hitting and screaming in the first place. That's the magic. No crisis management program 
does that. I think on Our, another show I heard you say that in the heat of the moment, you make the least bad of your bad choices. <laughs> there and you sometimes, go. Sometimes it can be hard to, to do that. And if you make a plan A choice in the moment, it doesn't mean that you can't then go back and plan B it later. We have a caller huh. from the beautiful Thanks. state of Vermont. So let's bring our caller on from area code 802. You're on the air. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dr. Green. Can you hear me okay? I can. You've also got Kim and Jennifer on with you. Hi, everyone. Thank you. Um, my name is Julie. And Don't use any other I'm names. A, I will not. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Um, I'm in a complex situation with my 15-year-old son and would love some ideas. Um, He is in a situation where he had wanted to go to public school ninth grade, and so we supported that, although we were hesitant that it would work for him. Um, And so he started and had a terrible six weeks from September to mid-October and really went off the rails, everything from self-medicating with juuling and pot to suicide ideation and needing to do first call to um, explosive behaviors, shutdowns, meltdowns, you name it. Um, Not participating in class, homework, skipping classes, leaving the building, and so on. And so this culminated in a fight at school that got him a legal charge. Um, At that point, we had his pediatrician put him on medical leave because it was no longer a good idea to be in the building. We kicked off an IEP process, which is now completed, and we got him um, diagnosed, which we had never done before because we were not big into labels. Um, He's diagnosed with autism, anxiety, and ADHD. (laughs) So he's been on um, medical leave now for three months. The IEP is now complete. He resisted a lot of testing, but we got through enough that he was approved. He's been approved for alternate placement, although wait times are long and we haven't started looking yet. He was just assigned a tutor, although he's refusing the tutor. So right now, the way we stabilized him, because he, res- he did not want any therapeutic skill-building interventions of any kind, we basically did an intense Plan C three months, where we just created a low-demand, supportive, loving environment, and that stabilized him. He is not in crisis. But he doesn't want alternate placement. He doesn't want to switch to homeschooling, which we've offered. He um, wants to drop out. He, he could in September when he's 16. And he's basically saying no to everything. And I ha- his words to me are, if I don't get what I want, which is to go back to that school, then you don't get what you want. Or if I can't go back there, I'm going to drop out. And so on. So Right now, the school is being supportive and trying to figure out how to get him to engage with a tutor. 
but they could at some point decide to start truancy proceedings. He still is under a medical leave, though, which is good. Um, and I may need to flip him to homeschool because we've already got one legal charge we're in the court system for. We don't really need to go in for truancy, too. So I have not figured out how to get him to engage in a plan B. So we continue to plan C everything um, because plan A does not work. Um, it will create extreme behaviors. And um, we're trying to figure out how to support him and how to get him participating in what he wants his education to look like. Got it. Well, first of all, I'm glad you're through the crisis, um, but you're still the problem is still not solved. So you are you've made your way through so far the worst ways in which he was communicating that he was stuck and had a problem that needed to be solved, and you've stabilized him. So there's something to be said for that. Um, so well done on that front. The problem, though, is that the overarching problem um, is still not solved, and that is that we still need him to be educated um, in a way that not only works for him but also that works for you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push aside all of what you've been through, not because you haven't been through a lot, but because you've stabilized him now, and move on to the unsolved problem that was there in the first place, which is um, difficulty staying and going to school. Um, and now let me get to the next question, and that is, how come? what's your sense? I hear what he's saying, which is, if I don't get what I want, you're not getting what you want. What's making it difficult for him to participate in Plan B? Is it that he, on this issue, on this problem, is it that you might not be the ideal person to have that plan be with him and you needed sort of what we might think of as an objective third party to pitch in? What do you think is getting in the way of him participating in this discussion? Um, I think that his difficulty communicating in general, typically our plan Bs over the years have been via text message, um, and it has to be something he really, really wants. Um, he is strongly demand avoidant in general, too. So plan Bs are not easy, although we, we're committed to that. So that in general is hard. Um, I think there's another piece that's really hard for him and why he wanted that school. He's um, biracial and adopted at birth. And the, the people he had engaged with that he started to mimic and follow in some of these behaviors were all um, African-American individuals. And so, and my son masks with a tough guy persona at school. So he, um, he wants desperately to, to find himself racially, socially, and so on. And having anything different than that, I think, is uh, painful for him. Um, and it, you know, his girlfriend is still goes to the school and so on. So anything other than the norm is creating an intense resistance. Um, so the good news and is his, that and he his is. Skills. Yeah, the good news is that you do have some information. I don't know if you have that from him firsthand, 
or whether you are surmising, but if he's told you that um, he identifies with certain kids at the school he wants to go to and that he's worried that those types of kids um, won't be at another school that he might go to, uh, that's a concern that's actually actionable. That's something that um, we can do something about. Um, if his concern is that his girlfriend goes to his old school and he's worried he'll never see her if he goes to a different school, that is a concern that he's either expressed or we're surmising about, and it's something we might be able to do something about. Um, so long as we stay in, I'm going to that school. No, you're not going to that school. You're going to an alternative school of our choosing. And I'm not. I'm being going a little overboard there. I don't know if that's the true situation. Um, then we are in the situation of uh, dual solutions, also known as a power struggle, um, and we don't want to be there. What I'm hearing, though, between the tea leaves, is that he is expressing some concerns that we may actually be able to do something about. And before Jennifer or Kim weighs in here, it may be that you could benefit from having a third party help you out with this, just so that he's reassured that um, his concerns are going to be heard. Not that you're not hearing them, but just so that he's positive about that. And that we're not going to come up with a solution that he's not good with. Um, he's got to be on board. By the way, getting a kid to go to an alternative school when he's not on board, just had this discussion with an educational consultant whose question was, how do I get this kid to go to a school that he doesn't want to go to? And my answer was by doing plan B, because um, I'm not usually real enthusiastic about what life is going to look like with a kid who has arrived at a school that doesn't want to be at. Um, but let me ask Kim and Jennifer if they have any uh, pearls of wisdom on this as well. Um, first off, Julie, I, I laughed when you listed off the diagnoses because I refer to those particular three together in our house as the unholy trinity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting combination, especially when, as we did, you come to them later in life, um, it's 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 an interesting collection of things to try to figure out all at once. Um, the question that I was going to ask you was, have you ever done a successful plan B with him? But then you answered that. You said you have by text. Uh, have have you tried that here, or have you have you tried not having the conversation with him head on? Either you know make a list of the things that you don't like about the idea. What are make a list of what you're worried about. Make a list of the things that are are in your way um, by text on paper. Um, sometimes when things are really hard to talk about, it's easier to approach it through a different medium? And you said that you've done it by text before. Have you tried that here? Yes, I, I have, and I, I've tried text. I've tried verbally. I tried um, creating a, a little flow chart to explain the, you know, so doing it visually, explaining the path. Yeah. He is, and that's where I've gotten the language I've told you so far, um, okay. is through those those plan B's he basically he he wants what he wants and 
that there's a roadblock in the way. It's it's not happening to go back there right now. Yeah. And so for him, everything is shut down beyond that. Um, my most recent conversation a couple of days ago was that we were going to have the tutor come to our house so that Daddy and I could meet him. And the tutor was going to remain downstairs. And we'd love it if he wanted to come down and be in the room for a moment and get a feel for his energy. Um, but if he did not, we respected he would stay in his room. Um, again, I didn't want to be combative, but trying to encourage it forward. And I've also said that I, I hear you don't want to tutor. And um, if you don't want to tutor, that's fine. We can look into homeschooling and switching. And he says, I don't want to do that either. I'm dropping out. And I said, well, legally you can't drop out right now you're not 16 quite yet he goes well i'm illegally going to drop out then (laughs) (laughs) and those are those are his solutions that he's grasping for right now right um yes they they are and we um we recognize the friendships are very important aside from one um young man who's more of a ringleader that uh, is really not a, a good influence um, we we don't support that individual, so we're not paying for gatherings, having that person over or driving him so he can wander with that person. Um, that doesn't stop him from walking four or five miles to engage with that person periodically. But every other friendship, we roll out the red carpet for, whether it be having the, hosting them at our house, driving in places, paying for things, um, same with his girlfriend. So we are we want to support healthy friendships, and I never thought I would even get to the point of restricting one friendship, but with the criminal past this one person is on, it felt not well to have that person in our house and so on with our other children. You know, my thought is, well, as I said, you know, he's, he's throwing out solutions in those conversations, and what I would encourage you to do is is label them as such. Well, you know, that's, that's a solution. That's one way to solve what you're worried about, but I'm not sure I inter- entirely understand what it is you're worried about that you're trying to solve, and so sticking with drilling there. Um, my other thought was I'm, I'd love to hear the wording of your unsolved problem because it's, it's not at this point difficulty going to school, right, because you're actually saying – that he can't attend that school. So what is the expectation? Is it difficulty attending tutoring? Uh, is it difficulty um, uh, engaging in homeschooling? I, I don't want to make it too broad, but, you know, um, what are you sort of leading with, just so we can check that? So when he was struggling even to do the IEP, um, it was difficulty getting to the IEP appointments. And in that case, it was, I just don't want to, and so I'm not going to, and you can't make me. Um, when it's now with the tutoring, it's, you know, I see, I see you're having difficulty getting started with tutoring, or I see you're having difficulty um, picking a next step for yourself. Um, we've offered a variety of options for him for skill building and so on with hopes that he would pick one next step. Um, so we've We've tried that, too, um, whether it be therapeutic, skill building. Um, I've offered uh, – I have a friend that owns a gym. I've offered private jujitsu training. Um, he doesn't know that person's a mental health practitioner, too. Um, 
but he's he's turned down everything. So it depends on the moment how I'm approaching, but, but this one is difficulty getting started with tutoring or picking a different path. Because if he doesn't want tutoring, I don't care. I'll help him differently, but I, I'm getting shut down in all cases. Well, he certainly seems to be defensive by saying, you can't make me, I won't, and all of that. And I, and I don't know how much you've tried of letting him know you're not, you know, because I've, I've heard you say it, but I don't, you know, letting him know that you're not going, you're not interested in trying to make him. That's not what this is about. This is about you understanding where he's coming from so that you together can figure out what would actually work. Because when you state your concern in step two, your concern is not going to be you have to go to tutoring, right? Because that's also plan A, right. but that's also not what you're saying. Your concern is something along the lines of that he um, you know, get educated for his future and have what he needs to, you know, to have the kind of future you'd like for him. Um, and so that would open the door to potentially other solutions other than the tutoring, but really, really making, increasing his comfort level that no one's going to be forcing anything down his throat. And you have a lot of foundation built around not doing that. Right. And, you know, but it's it's really hard for us to come up with something that will work for both of us. It would be really helpful for me to understand where you're coming from. When you say no tutoring, what is that solving for you? Is it, it could be a number of things, right? It could be the person. It could be not knowing the person. It could be uh, it's different than what my friends are doing. Because um, interesting, he's at home right now, so he's not seeing his friends in school per se, but he's stabilized around that. I don't know how unhappy he is about this, missing the social piece. But anyway, um, there's drilling to be done. I think, and yeah. increasing his comfort level that he doesn't need to be defensive, that you're not, this isn't about that. This is about you trying to really understand and taking it in pieces, you know, and I love using text. That's great. Or any other way he might, that, that might be non-traditional, that you might get more information. And I like your question, like no, no tutoring or dropping out the what is that solving for you? I've not said it like that, so I wrote that down as a uh, another drilling question when I get those type of um, responses. The, the other and it, thing it does sound that, like he tends to rut into solutions, um, and maybe this is his communication issue, um, and that is that he's having difficulty expressing his concerns. What a lot of kids do when they're having trouble expressing their concerns is they simply rut into a solution. And it sounds like he does that a little bit. So I like that strategy a lot. All the time. Should, yeah. And that's, that's hard, but I think that the strategy that you just got should help you with that. Um, sometimes I'll say, well, I get it. That's a solution. What I don't understand is what concern of yours that solution would address. Um, so help me understand that. Um, and that's pretty much what others have said, which is fantastic. I should mention I'm getting many texts here from our usual partner in crime on this program, Stella Hastings, who, even <laughs> though she's dealing with a um, sad family issue, is actually listening to the program today and is empathizing with you quite a bit because she has a son who um, shares some characteristics with your son. And she would be happy to connect with you as well, um, but she is... Um, empathizing quite a bit with your situation. So if you go to the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website and get a hold of us, um, 
I'll make sure that you get Stella's contact information because she's eager to help you even though she couldn't be on today's program. That that would be awesome. I, I would I would welcome that. And you know, you, you had said like the the um the tends to run into solutions, that is a, a common theme for him. So uh, everything and I think the thing that I'm I'm feeling triggered on two parts and I have to own those for myself. One is the the tough guy persona, the legal charge, the testing out substances, and so on. Um, is, there's this gangsta persona that comes out, and it's terrifying to me as a parent, but I also recognize there's a part of finding identity in that. So that's one piece. And the other piece is I'm feeling a measure of heat because while the school is right now being supportive, they could choose to switch to truancy at any point. Um, and I don't know that my son understands that there, he is there, but I, I'm sure feeling those two things. And, you know, he may be feeling that from you, not not understanding it, but if he's feeling like there's a piece of urgency in his making a decision – that could participate that could contribute to his putting up that wall that you know i'm not talking about this when that anxiety kicks in and you know that it 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 sort of sends you into that fight flight or freeze moment <laughs> that if it feels like i have to do this now because there's a sense of urgency about it that can make it harder too. And if you're not feeling it's it's not a logical thought process. Is the experience that right. I've had in my house <laughs> uh that, you know, it it's it's not a logical thought process at all. So you're you're battling against that and and you know, I think that we plan seed things for much longer than I thought we were going to have to. Because even though he seemed very stable about things when we weren't in that discussion, the minute the discussion started, the anxiety would ramp back up and the walls would come back up. And it took a long time to get to a place where that didn't happen. It just, I it think just that's took exactly where I am. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, you know, even I, though logically yeah. it's, logically he understands in that moment when the discussion starts, the anxiety comes back, everything feels immediate, and the shutdown happens. And we just kept going back to plan C. And it was, you know what, we're not talking about making decisions right now. We're just talking about how you feel. We're not talking about trying to figure out what comes next. We're just talking about how this makes you feel right now. And that was the only way okay, we got those past are good it. Points. Those are really good points because that's exactly what happens. Like I give it a, I give it some breathers and then I find a little window so I try again and mm-hmm. I just cycle back through the same the same dialogue basically repeats. And, uh, you know, he gets much more dysregulated, anxious, and then various behaviors start. Um, yep. And then I back off again. 
Yeah. So I like that not talking about decisions, just want to know your concerns. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and how you feel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you have it. That might be as far as we can take you today. But um, I hope that's been helpful, and I encourage you to contact us at Lives in the Balance so I can connect you with Stella as well. She has things she'd like to chime in on and help you further. Absolutely, and thank you all so much. Um, I love this program and the Facebook and so on, and um, really appreciate the, what you're offering me today. So thank you, and I, I will reach out for Stella too. We appreciate you calling in. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Uh, it can be tough out there. Both of you know that already. Um, Shall we move on to another email? Sure. Sure. We only have nine minutes left, but I think we can do justice to one more. I like this one. Um, I met with a therapist a couple weeks ago and discussed my son. I'm on the therapist waiting list, and he recommended I read The Explosive Child to help me start to understand my son better. I feel that I can't resolve all his problems until we are communicating better and listening better. I am pretty sure that my son has ADHD and ODD. I cannot get him to listen at all. I try to talk with him about how I can help him listen better. I promise not to nag as much, and I am trying. But he will begin doing something to his sister or brother when I ask him to get off or to stop, and the sister and brother are asking and crying, and he continues to do it. For example, he will put his legs on his brother in the car and won't move them. The brother will push them off. I will ask him to move his legs, and he will continue to put them back on or not move them. It always ends in an explosive episode from him and me. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to work on his other challenges until I get him listening, and I'm not going to get him listening until I get him medicated, something I don't want to do but will if I have to. Please help. How do I get him to listen? Who wants it? I love it when the question comes with how do I get him to because my answer to that is always well you you can't (laughs) you can't make something happen like that unfortunately that that said I guess I was interested in what the mom meant by listen right? If what she Mm -hmm. means by listen is listen and do what I tell you to do, um, that's that's not this model. Right. If she means, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, which is exemplified by that, what she said about putting the legs on the brother and what I do is I ask him to move his legs. So this is an emergency intervention, right, because it's happening right then. And her response is to tell him the expectation that he already knows is the expectation, right, because yeah. he already got feedback from the brother. brother doesn't like it. I mean, he already knows, right? And so that's plan A. And then plan A, as she describes, predictably makes it worse because then they're going at it, right? And so um, if – if the lens was different on what she's hoping to achieve around the listening piece, then maybe she would be a little more open in that moment to say, Hey, you know, something's tough for you right now, sitting next to your brother in the car, what's going on? 
and not even saying anything about the legs, right? But then, of course, better than that, having the lens changed so that you can uh, figure out all the unsolved problems that are contributing to the behaviors you're seeing and getting ahead of them before you get in the car in the first place, for example. But, um, yeah, exactly. I love that example because it's exactly – it gave me the same thought, like, what, what do you mean by listening? Just doing what you're told? Or, yeah, so <laughs> – let me uh let me let me see if I can paraphrase. When you are having difficulty meeting an expectation that you already know is an expectation, how can I get you to listen to me in the heat of the moment so that you can meet that expectation? So that's paraphrasing. Yep. And the time the timing's all off. When we want him to listen is off. Now, I don't know if he's going to need medication to be able to listen in the heat of the moment, but as we said at the beginning of the program, the heat of the moment is not where the action's at anyways. So we'll find out about the medication. But the action is proactive because him putting his legs on his brother in the car is a highly predictable unsolved problem. Sounds like it happens with some frequency. Good. That unsolved problem would be written, difficulty keeping your hands and legs to yourself when in the car next to your brother. In the empathy step of plan B, it would begin with, I've noticed that you're having difficulty keeping your hands and feet to yourself in the car when you're sitting next to your brother. What's up? And now we're going to get the kid's concerns on the table. What's making it hard for him to meet that expectation? And then the mom's going to get her concerns on the table. Why is it important to her that that expectation be met? And then all of this is proactive, by the way. We're going to put our heads together to try to come up with a solution that addresses the concerns of both parties. None of that is happening in the heat of the moment. Meltdowns happen in the heat of the moment, as as this mom is acknowledging uh, both of them are losing their minds in the car in the heat of the moment. But the absolute worst time and the absolute most unnecessary time to be trying to solve that problem is when she's driving and her son is putting his legs on his brother in the car. This is a proactive model. That's a highly predictable, unsolved problem. I don't know if he's going to need meds, but I know that heat of the moment is not going to be her best friend. And I think we, a lot of times when people are first starting out with CPS, they approach a plan B conversation as let's have a conversation where I can convince you that my solution is the right one. <laughs> and we refer to it on the B team as plan A and plan B clothing <laughs> because it's it that you know that a lot of times parents have and I fell into it in the beginning too and the first time that my son called me on it <laughs> he looked at me and he said if you're just going to try and convince me to do things your way why are we even talking He's and got a he point. was right. <laughs> he was right because I, I wasn't really listening to him. And it's it's not going to work if that's what you're trying to do. You know, I was, I've been watching the Budweiser commercials during football games on TV. I promise you this is related because <laughs> I think it's Budweiser. 
maybe Bud Light that's making a big deal out of the fact that they're going to put the ingredients of their beer on I their guess. labels, uh, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm sure I saw this many times during the New England Patriots game uh, on Sunday, which they, by the way, won. Um, <laughs> but um, that doesn't really matter. But I'm thinking of making a cartoon for the Lives in the Balance website of the ingredients of Plan B, but in the form of a beer bottle. Um, and I, I was thinking about what the ingredients would be. And the number one ingredient, you know, full disclosure on the ingredients of Plan B, if Bud Light's doing it, then we can do it too, right? And the number one ingredient is going to be listening. Yeah. On that note, we should probably call it a day. This was a fun program. Thanks again to that mom for calling in. We wish her the best. And um, we'll do this again next month, hopefully on the right day, yes? <laughs> yes, I think so, yes. yes. Thank you both <laughs> for participating, as always. Take care. Thanks.